Hey there, and welcome to Networking School, a podcast to sharpen your networking knowledge and add to your network. Join me each week for powerful interviews, strategies you can implement immediately, and connections to professionals you need to know. My name is Tish Times, and I am a sales and networking expert. I've been in the connection business my entire career, and for more than 10 years, I have been teaching entrepreneurs and sales teams to stop wasting time and money with ineffective networking. In addition to running a professional networking organization, I am in love with coaching entrepreneurs to sell with authority and network with confidence. Some of my clients have increased their income by more than 300% with the intentional networking strategies that I teach. It's time to stop playing with your income. It's time for more connections, more confidence, and more clients. It's time for networking school. I am excited to have Mr. Brian K. McNeil on the Networking School podcast today. So, Brian, I know when I first met you, we were both in a webinar type of environment, and I'll never forget just hearing some of the things you said and thinking, that's a dude that I want to spend a little time with and get to know a little bit better. Um, I know that we speak the same language, and I'd love for everyone here to hear a little bit more about who you are what you do, and tell us something we're not going to read in your bio. Okay, not reading my bio. Well, I'm Brian K. McNeil. I'm the sales confidence coach. And I must say, I'm really, really happy to be on Tish Times podcast because rarely do I meet a woman like Tish. And I love speaking to a woman that can speak sales because that's what my life is. I help people to sell themselves and their services better than they ever had before so they earn more money than ever before. I teach them what to say and do so they have super confidence in their ability to sell themselves and their services. That's what I do. Now, something you won't read in my bio, that's an interesting question. A big part of my life is uh, ministry, men and teenage men ministry. That's a big part of my life. I have an organization called Men Male Empowerment Networks. I've had it since 2013. And twice a month we meet formally, but it's an all the time thing for me. So I minister to men and teenage men. I love that. I did not know that about you. You know, um, you may or may not know my husband and I also pastor a church. And um, I didn't. Yeah. But I am a minister and I'm happy. I like you even more. (laughs) I'm like, that's why we connected. I tell you. And so seldom do I meet someone who teaches sales in a way that I can completely resonate with. Right. And, you know, in ministry, of course. And I I wonder if that background really kind of helps to ensure that, you know, the way that you teach, the way you bring information across comes, I guess, just kind of lands differently for people. What do you think, Brian? It's amazing that we're talking about this particular aspect of of business now. Um, I'm a minister, first, second and third. My wife is a pastor, actually. And as a believer, it's a part of who I am. It's what I talk about. And it's amazing. It must be in the air, Sister Tish, because it's been happening more and more and more weekly while while I'm talking to someone. Excuse me. Are you a minister? Wow. Are you a pastor? I can just tell it's coming off of you. It's resonating. Now, I like that people can see God reflected on me. Okay, I like it when they can see that on me. I want to be known by my walk and my talk. So 
Yeah, and it's a part of who you are. Yeah. You look at yourself in interviews, and me too, when you when you look back on the times when you've been interviewed, you get interviewed a bunch, I get interviewed a bunch. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's surprising to me how often often we reference God or the word or scripture. No doubt. You know, and I, I really do find it, it just, it's a great background. And I think it's just because it's where we are, our hearts are where we come from. But I find that, you know, the word tells us to go and compel men, right? He doesn't say suggest. He doesn't say recommend. He says, you know, compel. When I think about sales, it's like we have a responsibility if we believe, and I know you do, if we believe what we do changes lives and helps people, like you said, make more money, have more confidence, do the things that they're called to do, we have a responsibility to compel men in this way as well. So I think that that... For me, it, it changes the way I come about. And, and someone asked me the other day, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. Someone asked me just the other day, I think it was in an interview as well, why am I so passionate about having those kind of conversations when they may be difficult? And I was sharing with them that I don't get to, I don't get to live in my own fear because my fear, if I sit in my fear, I stop someone else from getting their transformation. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about because you talk about sales confidence, why is it important for you to help people get past their lack of confidence as it pertains to sales? I think I've been uniquely gifted and qualified and prepared to do this work. And I think this is what God has me here to do. And if I don't do what he has me here to do, I feel like I'm not showing honor to my heavenly father. But the parable of um, the sin of the desert and a few scriptures pricks my spirit every day. But the sin of the desert is when you know where the water is, but you won't tell anyone else. Okay. Or you know where the solution is and you keep in the water to yourself. Now, the sin of the desert, and it doesn't matter why, you know, if you don't, I don't know how to sell it, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. If you don't let them know, you let them stay thirsty. You know where the solution is. You know how you're committing the sin of the desert, which is the height of selfishness. Now, if I'm not selfish, I owe it to the people around me. If I know what I offer is good, if I know they're better off giving me the money I ask for in exchange for what I give them, my content and my perspectives, those two things, that's what they pay me for, my content and my perspectives. They get content in a lot of places. But if I know they're better off having it, I owe it to them, okay? I know my Bible is very, very pro-business and Mm -hmm. it's very, very pro-sales. I love this. Uh, Proverbs 11 and 26 says, people curse the ones that would hoard the grain, but blessings upon the ones that will sell it. Yes. If you have a solution, intellectual property, you're supposed to sell it in exchange for something of value. And if you don't, curses upon you. Brian, look, first of all, you get orange applause. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so few people will look at the scripture and see those types of things in it. But I've seen that before. And I fully, of course, I agree because it's the word. But it's like, if we look at it from that perspective, that we have an obligation to give people what they need, it changes the entire approach. And it stops us from sitting in our own fear. It stops us from holding back because we're, you know, embarrassed. We don't want to feel salesy. All the excuses that people will make not to make the sale, it really puts it back in the place of, hey, this is your responsibility and you held back what was necessary for someone else. I love, love, love that you say- Now, those people who say, 
They don't want to be salesy. They're thinking of themselves. Exactly. They're being I mean, self-directed. They're not thinking about how it benefits that person. Yeah. Okay? So, so Brian, tell us, how did you get into, I know you say this is what you believe God has called you to do, but when did you first say yes to this? When did you really get into the world of sales? Oh, Lordy, you're, you're digging, girl. <laughs> you're making me go deep up in here. <laughs> I was 23 years old, mm -hmm. realized I was in low-level management of a hotel chain and wasn't making much money. And my pretty wife said we were pregnant and I knew I needed more money. Okay. And people have been telling me I'd be good at sales. I didn't know what sales was. Mm -hmm. I was a front desk supervisor. That's it. And I saw an ad in the newspaper. This is 30 years ago. Entry-level sales, we will train. So I went and interviewed. They hired me. It was a straight commissioned job. Okay. I mean, y'all know what that is. Yes. I mean, if you don't sell, there ain't no money. Okay. Yeah. And I was terrible at it for the first eight months. Low man on the toe pole, no one would talk to me. The training consisted of hang in there, you'll get it. <laughs> and then I discovered a book on sales. Mm. And then I read the book and I got better and better. I read another and another and another and I got better and better and better. And then I became a corporate sales trainer. But what's significant about that, what made me know this is my calling is I had been a corporate sales trainer for years and quoting other people's books until some lady said, Brian, you quote all these other books. Where's your book? Ooh. Oh, okay. Catch <laughs> me in the belly. Yes. <laughs> so that was probably the moment where I was like, okay, I got to make this my life's work. Yes. Oh my God. That's awesome. You know, it, it's funny. I, I'm like you in that I realized it was, I kind of got tricked, Brian. I didn't, I didn't jump into sales willingly, <laughs> but okay. people saw something in me and kind of lured me and told me, Hey, we want you to do this position. They called it something else. They didn't call it a salesperson. And okay. so I got tricked into doing it and was really good at it. And I just, you know, told myself, well, I'm just building relationships. I'm not doing sales. And that was fine. You know, tell yourself what you got to tell yourself. But, right. you know, <laughs> I was making way more money. I was making more money for the company. And I eventually kind of like you got pushed into doing something for myself. So I, I love hearing that story. Um, tell me this, Brian, who do you believe? Because I know, like you said, first you were doing the low level sales and trying to figure it out and reading books. And then you had to kind of come into your own. Who did you have to become in order to enjoy the level of success you currently enjoy? You are wonderful, Tish. <laughs> you know, who I had to become, it's amazing to me what I discovered and what my wife discovered in direct proportion to how much Brian studied was how much money we brought in the house. Mm. Okay. So when I was studying a lot, more money came in. When I stopped studying or reading, less money came in. I remember one time we had a problem with our bills or something. We were behind in something. Look, you need to go back to that kitchen table to read something because we need money coming in here. <laughs> and I learned, okay. So just keep yourself in a constant study mode, Brian. Keep yourself learning. And when you're learning from different things and all the books, I've read more than 700 books wow. on selling and self-help. And I know that's a conservative estimate because several of them I read more than once. Yeah. But when you're reading a lot and you're getting a chance to make a lot of sales calls and you see what works for you between what you study and what you do, you develop a philosophy that's unique to you. And I developed a philosophy that was unique to me that I believe was effective. And then I started putting that out there. Mm -hmm. I love that. Love that. Love that. You know, 
my bishop, my one of my greatest mentor always said that, and I'm sure he heard it. As a matter of fact, I know he heard it from somewhere else, but you know, that leaders are readers and we're, we're yeah. and learners are earners. That's right. <laughs> you know, so I I love that and I completely believe it. And I'm right there with you. I'm I read at least a book a week, at least, because it's just I'm I'm always hungry for information. So I get what you're saying. So and that's you why know, you win. You know, yeah. I'm right there with you. Uh, but I've learned. I used to pour through books like this a lot, but I have been fascinated with um, YouTube University, okay, mm-hmm. and and audio books. Audible, exactly. I read. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say I read. I do read a lot. I have a stack of books right here, but I'm always listening because I travel a lot. You know, probably like yeah. you, I'm on the road a lot. I'm in uh, mm-hmm. airports and things, so I'm not going to waste that time. I'm always right. listening to something. Always, always. So. When we talk about networking, I personally believe, you can tell me if you agree or not, Brian, but I personally believe that networking can be the entry point to your sales process. You know, you're meeting people, connecting, building those relationships. So I believe connections are very important as it pertains to sales. What connections have played the biggest role in your life? Wow. I I thought you were going to go a different way with that question because I do believe networking is critically important. And I think a lot of people um, don't understand it. Okay. Oh, and I intended to teach the golden referral question on here at some point today. Oh, you can but definitely what kind of re- connections I believe have made the most influence on my life. Right. It's been the connections where people can tell me when my stuff wasn't perfect. Okay. Um, my yeah. mentors. Yeah. My men- even people like when I went into the world of professional speaking and a large part of my adult life was just as a speaker, even people that knew me and liked me wouldn't book me until I got my books out, okay? Until I was published. Yeah. Brian, we think you're great, but certain t- certain stages you can't even get on unless you got your book, man. Yeah. So those kinds of hard lessons, you know, made me, you know, it didn't feel good at the time, but it spurred me to do what I gotta do. Right. You know, um, again, um, keeping great mentors, keeping great coaches. Um, I also learned in direct proportion how much money I'm willing to invest in myself. Yes. I'm willing to return back. And I know you know that. Yes, 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 for sure. So, talk so that's to me a good that. question. Talk to me about that lesson you were talking about as it pertains to networking. Teach it. I will. I believe in this concept called the golden referral question. Okay. Okay. And I teach my clients this, and I'm going to teach it now. But here's the question, though, that you need to ask. Well, before I do that, can I ask you something? Because I was in a group of business experts this week, earlier this week. And there was a guy there that put himself out there as a networking guru. Mm-hmm. And other people in the room thought he was a networking guru. And he gave advice that I didn't think was very good. And I want to bounce it off of you. You tell me. Tell me. Okay. So let's talk about it. He told them when you go to networking events, he has a rule of 25 seconds. When he goes up to people, he has his business card in his hand and he extends his hand as if he's going to shake their hand. And he hands them his card and he tells them what he does and he tries to leave them within about 25 seconds and then go to the next person. He said, if there's 12 people in the networking event, I'm going to meet 13 of them. And there were people applauding that. And I just thought that was horrible counsel. I I, I thought it was. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, because there, in my opinion, okay, maybe he has another reason for it. But in my opinion, you can't make deep connections by meeting everybody in the room. It sounds right. good. 
but I don't want to meet everybody. I want to meet one or two. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. But here's the here's what I want. I want to preface it with that. Make sure I wasn't crazy. Okay. okay. So Tish, if I'm out and about talking to people, how would I know if someone I'm talking to is a good referral for you? Mm, that's a great question. And that, yes. yeah, I love that question. I love asking. I love it too, because yeah. if they can answer it at all, the brain had to go seeking an answer and they come up with an answer and then they tell you the answer. Very often they're grateful for the question. Yes. Okay. And then the law of reciprocation very often kicks in. Well, how about you? How would I know someone's a good referral for you? And then that gives you a chance to tell your story and purport yourself the right way because you were asked to. That yes. was the right way. Yeah. So the golden referral question, if I'm talking to someone, how would I know if the person I'm talking to is a good referral for you? I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think that that for me is like, I always say, go with a gift. Instead, people always want to go asking, you know, can I, can you buy this from me? Or can I tell you about this? Or let me tell you about myself. Whereas I believe that that question comes out as a gift. Like, how can yeah. I bless you? Basically, how can I be a blessing to you is, is what that sounds like to me. And I love that. Um, Brian, tell me this, if you could sum up your journey, and I, I just based on the little time we've been talking so far, it seems like it's been an amazing journey thus far. If you could sum up your journey in one word, what would that word be and why? One word is challenging, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with resilience. Okay. But I wanted to say the beauty of resilience. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, but resilience will be the word because um, I earn a fantastic living, okay? And I live in a wonderful home. I've got a great wife and I got a great life, okay? But my journey has been fraught with peaks and valleys and the valleys were sometimes very, very low. I had some dark, dark times when there was no money wondering, Lord, what's going on? Did I get dumber? Did I get lazy? Where's my money? Right. Okay, I've had these things happen to me. Overall though, it's a much, much better journey. Yeah. And by sticking this thing, by passing the test, I think every entrepreneur has to pass this test. How much pain is Tish willing to take before she quits? Right. Okay. And right. once you pass the test of there is no pain that's going to make me quit yeah. in my game, then I think providence happens. You know, I think it happens because your heavenly father and the world around you says, okay, this is one that's going to stick and stay. So let me let her prosper now. Okay. I had to pass that test too. Yeah. Okay. The resiliency test. And I don't think you get a choice as an entrepreneur. You have to, you have to answer the question. So true. So true. Tell me about a time then where you got close, because I think every entrepreneur, especially in sales, we've had those moments where we're on monster.com, like everybody else trying to find a job because this just isn't working. Tell me about the time you got closest to quitting and what made you keep going. Truth be told, I have quit. Okay. 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 Um, I started. My first shingle was hung out in 1996, mm -hmm. Rhino Sales and Seminars, you know? And I, first, it, it happened to me like this every time. I make a lot of money up front, okay? And then less and less and less money till there's no money. And because of mortgage and car payments and wife and kids, I got chased back into the job, a real job, quote unquote. Yeah. And every time I went back to a real job, I felt like a dog with his tail between his legs. I felt defeated. I felt like I punked out. Yeah. But then I would bolster my confidence again because I always went back into sales. I would mm -hmm. bolster my confidence. Then I would go try it again. Same dynamic. I make a lot of money in the first few months. Great. And then less and less and less till there was no money. Yeah. I had to go back into a job. I did that three times before I made it stick. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fourth time is when I made it stick. 
But even in that fourth time, I, I'll never let it go. Okay, since maybe 2010, I've been going straight on with just full-time my business. But there were um, three and two and a half months where I kept my business, but I took a job for two and a half months. Yeah. And uh, my first month, I was the top salesman in the, in the company. My first month. And I was like, what the heck am I wasting my time here for? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I thought I needed it at the time, you know, so. Yeah. And you know what's what's interesting? And because you are a man of faith, I'll say this. What I've had to learn, and it, it took me time, because like you, I went back to work. Uh, matter of fact, I went back to work. I had a business crash and burn like big time. Lost everything. It was It was mm-hmm. not good. And when I went back to work, I, every morning I sat in that desk, I could hear God saying, did I tell you to do this? And I would be like, no, <laughs> try not to listen. But I, I'll never forget being in that place. And like you said, because where you go, you shine. It is, it's who you are. And, right. you know, starting to make all this money for another company and just hearing, you know, why aren't you doing this for yourself? Why do you need to do this for someone else? And God just kind of had to give me just the picture of where my, personally for me, where my faith was. And I didn't have faith for my own success. And and I needed the comfort of the other company, I think, to be able to really- For a moment. Yeah, for a moment. And in this last time, similar to you, was in 2010, June of 2010, matter of fact, this is my 11th year um, with this business. And um, it was just like, look, I'm just going to do this. And have I had moments where, you know, things get lean, of course, but kind of like you, it's like, this is what I'm called to do. And this is what I have to do. And this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I love it now. Absolutely. This love is it. why I know I'll, I'll never really retire. Okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to always do this. I may not travel as much or do that, but I'm always going to tell stories and write parables and things like that. I'm always going to do this. You know, it's what I do. Okay? I love it. Well, Brian, now that question that you just asked to the world, I have back to you. Okay. What is the best way that we can refer you? There's going to be people listening to this going, huh, who does he need to know? Who do I know that he needs to know? What types of people are probably Googling right now? Don't know that Brian K. McNeil exists, but they need you. Who are those people that you um, are, are attracting in your business? If they offer an intangible service, mm-hmm. coaching, consulting, financial services, real estate, something intangible where they sell themselves and their services, I can help them to do it better. I teach them how to, intangible services have to be sold through a story. Right. And those people I help best, coaches, consultants, financial services, those are my people. I will say the easiest way to reach me though is just go to my website, briankmcneil.com and all the, all the ways to reach me is be there. But those are good referrals for me. I will say this, though, the secret sauce I've learned since like last November is getting on other folks podcasts. Yes. If you're a thought leader watching this right here, if you're a thought leader or you make your money through a service, just get on other good podcasts. They build the audience for you. It's just secret sauce It's low hanging fruit. And it always produces money every time. So that's what I would say. Getting on good podcasts and, and the regular clients. That's it. I love it. What's the what's the book you're reading right now that's been most helpful for you? To Sell is Human by Daniel Pink. I've I've seen that. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. It's awesome. I love it so much. You know, I've read so many books. I love it so much. It's hard for me to do more than, say, four pages at a time. 
because mm. I'll read two or three pages and get like, oh, baby, check this out. Oh, my God. And then I get so hyped. And then I want to go write something. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have to check that book out. I, I have a, a probably about 100 books in queue right now. So I'm putting okay. it, but I'll definitely make sure I move it up the line a little bit more. Brian, it is human. I, I will definitely take a look at that. It's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. you. I absolutely would love to reconnect and do this again in the, in the very near future. We'll have to do part two because there's a couple things I want to go a little bit deeper on. I'd love to talk sales specifically around sales because I think some people can really Be benefit from our, our collective knowledge together. Yeah. So I knew I would enjoy my time with you. I was looking forward to this time with you, and I'm happy we had it, yes. I am, too, very much so. Well, <laughs> all of you all who are listening, make sure you go to Brian K. McNeil, and that's with a double L at the end, right? Thank you. Uh, Thank uh, you. Yes. Okay. BrianKMcNeil.com. Go check it out and listen to what he has to say, because it's going to bless you. It's blessed me already, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you all have to say about this episode. Thank you again, Brian. Thank you, my sister. Thank you for listening to Networking School. Make sure you head over to tishtimes.com to take my complimentary quiz to determine if you are ready for big sales in your business. Frequently, we say things like, I want to make more money, I want to increase my revenue, but we don't always have the things necessary to receive big sales in our business. Once you complete your quiz, you'll have an opportunity to schedule time to debrief with me so we can talk about what needs to happen for you to really increase your revenue in your business. Don't forget that networking is the entry point to your sales process. And so you want to make sure that not only are you networking well, but you have the things in place to make big sales in your business. Make sure to follow and subscribe to Networking School on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the other wonderful places where you get your podcasts. I would be so grateful if you left a review of the show and also make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I can't wait to see you next week here on Networking School.